0: Yep. Hee haw, hee haw. Yep, correct. And that player must miss one turn. <laughs>
1: what? So I have the indignity of having to make the noise and, <laughs> and lose you a turn. lose a turn. Yep.
0: Because why? Who knows?
1: Hee haw, yeah. hee-haw. I lose a turn. And the indignity. And I don't did, forget the did indignity. Did you see how indignant I was about it, having to say hee haw? No, it was Oh it, no no. That's it, not indignity. That's indignation. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge World of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up, we squint hard as we try to remember who said what in Most Quoted. Next up, we hope our allies pew. stay true as we fire on everything that moves in Atari's Missile Command. And lastly, we jostle, bounce and eow our way to the finish line in Donkey Racing. I'm your host, Celeste DeAngelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. It's time to roll them bones. And Mike Grenier. I have arrived. Our first game up this week is Most Quoted, published by Professor Puzzle in 2020, (laughs) number players two. Plus, ages 12 and up? Well, Mikey, tell us what's in the box.
0: The cover of the box really wants you to know its name. So it's plastered its name in a quote bubble squarely across the center of the green background, accompanied by several quotes from a range of people who are at least semi-famous. Inside, you'll find 100 quiz cards and 100 stunningly high-quality point tokens. And that's what's in the box.
2: We regret that we have but one review to give for this game. But before we do, I'm Nathan hailing Evan to tell us how it's played.
1: (laughs) Hear ye, hear ye. (laughs) Most quoted is a multiple choice trivia game about quotes and who supposedly said them. Players take turns being the guesser with the person to their left drawing a card. Then they read out the quote on that card, but not the names on it just yet. The guesser may attempt to name the person who said the quote. If they are correct, they get three points. If not, they get nothing, and play moves on to the next player. Instead, they can hear three names on the card, this is an alternate, and then attempt to guess. But this time, if they're correct, they score only one point. But if they pick the unlucky name, they lose a point. (laughs) The first player to 15 points wins this game. Fifteen points. Oh, my.
2: <laughs> Fifteen correctly guessed quotes Ooh. with no minuses.
3: Oh. Yep. Or five. If you got them right off the back with the three-point <laughs> <Yeah>. bonus. <laughs> True. <laughs>
2: All right. So we took this game to a restaurant. Hmm?
1: Yes, it was a very cheap date. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice> <laughs> it didn't eat much. It didn't drink much. Yeah.
2: No. <laughs> We played with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys think? Did it play well with a whole bunch of people?
1: Look, when you're in a restaurant, okay, there's very few things you can sort of play at that in, in that environment. This happens to be one of those types of games with a bit of the mo- modified rules you can play this game. Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I felt like it was so like lighthearted and low stakes that it wasn't the kind of thing that would be too disruptive in a restaurant either.
3: It's a basic kind of like who said it type of game where like, all right, who said this thing? Hey! Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it, Ed. You summed it up nicely. There's
0: not a whole lot going on there as far as uh, understanding this game. That's why that's one of the reasons why for a big group, it's actually okay.
2: I mean, we didn't follow the rules exactly, right? right? Yeah. Well, we had to
0: modify. No.
1: Yeah, we
2: did modify it a little bit for the restaurant. We had one reader rather than a pass the guests around. Mm-hmm. But overall, I don't think that would have made much difference, right? No. no. The
0: only big thing, sort of big thing that we missed was that we didn't really give anyone a chance to pre-guess the answer uh, to earn the three
3: points instead of the one point point? and we kind of went around the table with it too where i think it was kind of intended to be like one one you at a time
1: right meaning everybody got to participate in every quote set
3: which for a, a group the size we had what was it like
0: a dozen people almost or maybe 10 10 yeah, people, people I think. yeah I,
3: I think that was the way to go with this for sure and i think the neat thing in there is the underlying choice in there.
2: The unlucky answer.
3: Yes. Yeah, don't guess wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: don't guess unlucky.
2: I thought that was a nice twist. It gave you a lot more to think about. Like you didn't o- only have to guess correctly, you had to avoid guessing incorrectly, which is usually an enticing or seductive answer that could be right.
0: <laughs> I call it the neg mechanic in this game. I-, I didn't love the chilling effect that it had. Like, you know, I think people were a little bit trepidatious at guessing. I'd rather people just guess wildly. Hmm. But it was unique, though. I hadn't really seen that mechanic used before.
2: Yeah. For example, here's a card. Uh, This is the one that's on the box itself. When other little girls wanted to be ballet dancers, I kind of wanted to be a vampire. And you've got three choices. (laughs) Angelina Jolie, Drew Barrymore, and Billie Eilish. Mm. So those are similar, I guess, sort of. You could Mm -hmm. envision any one of those people saying that. So, mm-hmm. having one of those be a negative is scary. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I think exciting.
3: Mm-hmm. And you kind of always wondered did they pick the
2: obvious
3: one to be the neg, or did they pick the uh, the one that's like really oddball to be the neg?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. You see this wild answer, and you're like, wait a minute. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: <It's-> <laughs> exactly. We all know Angelina Jolie carried around a vial of you know, her boyfriend's blood on her neck. And we're like, does that, is that too obvious? We (laughs)
0: all know that.
2: (laughs) Most people know it was pretty big in pop culture when it happened, Mm -hmm. which was about 10 years ago. So that's why that seems like an obvious answer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in that case, it actually was Angelina Jolie. (laughs) And I think, you know, you can end up overthinking it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, now you guys know the the exact correct answer for one of these cards. So if anybody plays it with your friends, congratulations.
2: <laughs> but let's face it, guys. I mean, aren't there a dozen apps that can play this game without mm. having to purchase a box full of cards? Well, sure.
1: I could have looked up these quotes on my cell phone just using the internet and asked people who quoted this and come up with three
3: plausible names. Mm. I thought the whole point of playing board games to get your nodes out of the phone. <laughs>
2: Ed, you bring up a good point, right? So do we play board games to get our nose out of a phone or do we play board games because a phone could not possibly replicate the expansive enjoyment of most of the games that we play? I
1: think both are correct. Mm.
2: <laughs> this game can be replicated by an app. Oh, right. Easily. Scythe could not. Yeah. Okay. and not well, The experience yeah. of playing it, right? But there's nothing here that you want to touch, feel, love to look at, want to hold, keep on your shelf that can't be replaced by a phone. But but but, but what about the, uh,
1: what about the single-sided paper tokens? Oh. <laughs>
2: God, what a travesty.
1: You would lose the ability to handle <laughs> those quality, quality pieces.
0: It's kind of like they're so bad they're good because they're just like these punch-out on a cardstock points with one side printed on it. It's the chinsiest <laughs> thing I've seen. I'll
3: tell you something. <laughs>
2: I do appreciate that the tokens existed because, you know, it was an easy way to count. You didn't have to keep a score sheet or something like that, Mm -hmm. um, which could have been tricky at a diner. And of course, I didn't mind the fact that they got wine spilt on them and got completely (laughs) – I mean, it was pretty flimsy. Yeah. Uh, But I didn't mind it, right? It's not a big deal. I didn't expect to replay this game much.
0: I would have liked to pull out a pocket full of change instead of uh, using these tokens, though, like pennies, nickels, and dimes. That would have been way better. Oh, but people don't carry around that kind of currency anymore. You could put it in the box. I mean, they don't carry around one-sided paper tokens that get soaked with wine either.
3: <laughs> well, now the box is heavier than if it has 100 pennies in it.
2: <laughs> Most quoted comes with metal coins expansion.
0: <laughs> One worth of pennies. A whole extra dollar in the case, and the game only is $2 now.
1: Stretch goal, cursive font. <laughs> 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 the quotes were vague, right? I mean, and that's maybe an understatement. Really, you, these things could have been attributable to, I think, just about anybody. <laughs> Any quote. I mean, you could have thrown three names in there and just how,
3: how are you really going to know they were that vague? Yeah, after thing. when I heard both quoted, I was kind of expecting like a famous quote.
2: I think you were supposed to just sort of be guessing Based on the personalities, not based on the famousness of the quote. So you're like, oh, what kind of person would say that? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury most quoted. Ed?
3: Well, it's not a bad game for a light night of casual gathering gaming. But I'm looking for a little bit more game in my gaming. (laughs) So I'll have to bury it. Mike? Eh, it's a fine exercise to kill
0: some time with people while you're waiting for your uh, for your blooming onion or whatever, but eh, it's barely a game. Bury it. Evan? Most
1: quoted as a party game whose stock and trade is randomness. Uh, the quotes could have been attributed to just about anyone. They're that nonspecific. If it wasn't for the company, I think it would have been a waste. total waste of time. Bury it.
2: Aw, thanks, Evan, if it wasn't for the company. <laughs> if it wasn't for the company. <laughs> it was right. really nice getting out with everybody. Mm. It was, that was our first big outing post-COVID. Yeah, and
1: this is the first time we've actually reviewed a game that we've played in that kind of environment, something yep. other than our official Witch Game First right. environment. So I do like shaking things
3: up a little bit that way. Yeah, that looked that neat.
2: I think this is definitely one of those games that Ed would call an activity more than a game. <laughs> uh-huh. It was fun, but not quite worth purchasing a box of cards for. So I'm going to say bury it as well.
3: If you have thoughts about Most Quoted, come chat with us on social
2: media and tell us about all the great times you had playing this game. Hey everybody, let's talk a little bit about what's happening with Witch Game First right now. What's going on, guys? Well, Thursday
1: nights it's Witch Game First live night. As you know, we've gone back to playing an online board game live every Thursday night, 7 p.m., Eastern time, you are invited to watch and offer comments and ask questions and make gameplay suggestions. And we often play trivia with you, the audience. So it's a game within a game within a live stream. We love it. Catch the live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch Thursday nights, 7 o'clock Eastern.
2: See you there.
0: Oh, yeah. And we are right at the end of accepting applications for the Connecticut Festival of Indie Games. And we have some awesome submissions so far. However, I am a greedy man, and I want to see more. So I'm extending the application deadline. Get those submissions in soon so we can lock down our competitors and see more awesome
3: games. And in September, we are heading to Hotlanta for Dragon Con. We'll be doing some live panels, including a chat with the one and only... Steve Jackson!
2: Woohoo! That's right! <laughs> Munch game! Yeah. Us and Steve Jackson. We're talking about vintage games, right, guys? That's what mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Steve Jackson?
3: What, Munchkin's a vi- uh, vintage game now? <laughs> oh, no, no, not yeah, that. No, one. I we'll... think
2: so. I, I would count <laughs> it's it. It's
0: almost there. It's almost there.
2: It's getting there. Yeah, we're old. And everybody, we just want to say thank you so much to our patrons. We deeply appreciate you guys. You keep the lights on here, it's why we can do the podcast. Thank you so much. We've gotten a few new patrons this month. We deeply mm-hmm. appreciate it. Welcome. If you join us and become a patron, you'll get our exclusive podcast for patrons only.
0: Bon- bonus points. Bonus. bonus, bonus, bonus points. Our harmonizing wasn't very good there, guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I liked Better it. Than usual. I, yeah. A for effort. <laughs> Thanks. There's over 40 episodes of it. So, definitely a great time to become a patron of the show. It's just $3 a month. You can listen to all that goodness and some actual episodes of Which Game First? Full episodes that are for patrons only.
1: They're the only ones. Yes. Yeah. I love you guys. Just for you. Thank you Later. as always.
2: Our next game up this week is Atari's Missile Command, designed by Jonathan Gilmore and Violet Hargrave, published by IDW Games. Number of players three to six... Ages 14 and up, playtime 30 to 45 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us, what's in the box?
0: The cover of the box brings back warm, nostalgic memories of an Atari cartridge with the gray box and missiles flying all over the place and even complete with the big Atari logo. Mm -hmm. Inside, you'll find 40 city tiles, 6 planning boards, 6 city boards, Six player screens, 114 GDP tokens, that's gross domestic product for all you uh, economic heads out there, uh, in a bunch of different denominations, Uh, 40 score tokens, 36 shield tokens, 24 interceptor tokens, 120 missile cubes, and 12 nuke meeples.
3: Nuke meeples!
0: (laughs) And that's what's in the box.
2: Pew, 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 pew. Pew, 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 pew. launch p- the rules at will. P- Repeat, launch the rules at will. Pew, We're pew, being pew, a terrified Tell my wife.
1: <laughs> In Missile Command, players venture into the world of the classic arcade game of the same name. Each player builds and deploys their supply of missiles, nukes, and interceptors on a mission to destroy as many enemy cities as they can while trying to protect their own cities. The game is played in four phases. Negotiate, plan, fire missiles, and collect GDP. As Mike said, that's your currency. Each round, the players can negotiate with each other, forging temporary alliances and truces, or trading funds and trading missiles. Then they secretly plot their attacks behind their radar screens. It's a secret. Finally, they reveal their attacks, and destruction rains down from the skies on everyone's head simultaneously. (laughs) In the end, the player who can best protect their cities while destroying their opponents wins the game and becomes the master and commander of all missiles. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. (laughs) 2 (laughs) their missile (laughs) command.
2: Ed, where did we get
3: this box game? Yeah. We actually got this from the Connecticut Festival of Indie Games a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. And that's
1: coming up on September 9th through 12th in Hartford,
3: Connecticut, and we'll be there running K-blown. it. I want you to join us. Yes. Yeah. The first thing that hit me with
2: that classic logo, Missile Command. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, guys, this is based on an ancient Atari video game. How good can it be?
0: <laughs> ancient.
2: How much like the game was it?
0: Uh...
3: Not much. Hardly. Yeah. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Which is not a bad thing. <laughs> you don't have a trackball. You're not pressing a button madly trying to destroy things coming in. <laughs> Instead, we're negotiating with each other. Now, either like saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, we're going to look the other way, right? Or negotiating by throwing missiles at them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's the hardcore negotiation.
2: Yeah. How about that whole negotiation phase? You get to make promises, but do you have to keep them? Nope. <laughs> and I
1: hear it's also
0: time. There's a limited time for
1: negotiation. Mm-hmm.
2: And is that also the period where you show what you're buying?
0: Yeah. You're, whatever you're buying during that period and, and like whatever ends up on your side by the end of that period is what you've bought. And other people can see that you're buying the missiles that are the color of their territory. So they know that that missile, when you fire it, is only going to be able to fire at them. So you're kind of oh, negotiating boy. from a position of strength sometimes, like, oh I have three yeah, green missiles here, but I don't necessarily have to buy them. We still have time to change this purchase.
3: Yikes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you buying those missiles, well I'm gonna buy your missiles <laughs> then. It's kinda of funny, the cube already pre programmed the target. That opponent, mm-hmm. but of course you can't buy your own missile because, well, that'd be silly. You're not going to blow yourself up. No, but you
1: no, but you could prevent someone else from getting them, but you can't do right, that. Yeah, like right? They
0: don't allow it because I would have hoarded all my own missiles right in the beginning of the game. I think and... that would become the strategy. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. yeah. So right. yes, that's kind of a game breaker. <laughs> yeah, they yep. figured that out. There was probably some play <laughs> testing in
2: that.
3: <laughs> yeah, they're probably play <laughs> tester. I'm certain a play tester tried to do that, and they said, hmm, <laughs> "Okay, we got to put that rule <laughs> right in there." Yep. 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 <laughs>
2: I mean, I remember Mikey coming out hard on those negotiations and everybody just sort of being scared away from him and targeting (laughs) him instead. Three minutes now. Three Hi, minutes
0: friends. Hey, what's up, Evan? You mm-hmm. want to all blow Ed up in the first <laughs> turn? <term?
3: laughs> yeah. And
2: uh, <laughs> I mean, we two. can negotiate,
0: too, Ed. I'm just yeah, asking yeah, what people are feeling. You know what I mean? Uh, just uh, trying to gauge that. i going to
3: buy You don't these, buy yet? It's still negotiation I, time. I, no, you're
0: about to buy during these
1: three minutes as Oh, oh, All right, so I'm going
3: to buy those. That cost me eight. This I'll give you a
1: one-round non-aggression treaty. That is a non-binding agreement. And I'll give you a dollar. Can I give you a dollar?
0: Yeah, everybody targeted me. (laughs) I was trying to make deals like, look, I have this purchase on the table. I don't have to do it. I'd rather... We have a truce, but no, nobody was hearing that. They wanted to blow stuff yeah, up. Yeah,
3: so I saw it. Mikey's putting out have all my cubes in his hand. I'm like, well, I'm gonna pick up all of your cube then. And mm-hmm. like, <laughs> oh yeah, but I and he was like, what? What do you mean? I don't have to buy this. So it's like, Why well, <laughs> it's deep in your hand?
0: Oh yeah, and I made the foolish mistake of not actually launching those missiles at Ed, hoping for future negotiations that he knows I have some strength, but <laughs> yeah. I won't. And but Ed did not hold back at all and blew three of my cities, of my six cities, up in the first turn.
3: 50% of your card gone. BLAM! <laughs> but that revealed something we didn't know that happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That actually was really cool because
0: when my cities blew up, I flipped the cards over and they actually kind of go into this emergency mode where the GDP changes in those cities and you get special abilities that either happen instantly or uh, happen like every turn or something that triggers at the end of the game.
2: By far the most exciting part of the game, flipping over your Definitely. city and seeing what you get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I totally understood the thematic element there. Mm-hmm. I really understood how it connected, right? You're flipping it over and out of desperation, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. have scrambled together something crazy <laughs> yeah. to mm-hmm. try to survive.
0: Oh, yeah. The crazy thing I got from one of my cities was that it, it gave me six cubes or you know, missiles of the color of the city that, that bombed me. so so that put me at nine cubes so I just filled up every space with Ed on the next turn after that so the way you program it is you have a card behind your screen and it has six spaces on it and whatever cube you put on there is who you're shooting at by the color and the location you're shooting at by the space that you put it on and if the other person happens to put your color missile on that same spot they kind of cancel each other out when they go up into the air
3: Yep. Now, the other interesting thing was because the, you got a perk from those cards. Like, I noticed Joe one time decided to let a missile come through his wall of interceptors mm-hmm. because he was jealous of not having a special power. <laughs> right, he let
0: one, He sacrificed the city <laughs> for that, yeah.
1: I'll, I mean, I reached a point where I felt sort of the same way, in which I, I took a defensive posture and bought a lot of interceptors, which are things you launch to just block incoming missiles. Mm-hmm. And here's everyone else getting destroyed around me. Okay, but I'm just sitting here kind of stocking my pile up. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I'm not earning victory points,
3: Mm -hmm. which is ultimately
1: the key. If you're going to earn the victory points to win, you got to get in there and start launching stuff. So it's designed to be offensive, Mm -hmm. really tough to win in a defensive posture.
3: And another tricky thing is, of course, the missiles are so much cheaper than interceptors. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God.
2: That, that nuke was a ridiculously overpriced. Oh yeah, oh, the yes. nuke. Meeple? Yeah. nuke. Yeah. Well the
0: nuke has a lot so of so
2: overpriced. If you're though, hitting someone
0: though who's been attacked a bunch of times, that nuke could hit more than one space if it gets down there. I know it's tough to get there, but it also protects one shot. So you can it's you know, you can at least get a regular missile in with it.
1: Five times the cost of a regular missile.
2: It yeah. costs ten. There's it's no way there's five times as much awesomeness in that <laughs> nuke. All right, everybody off that.
3: What they're planning? Yep. Yep. Evan's good. Okay. Mike's good.
2: And I didn't place anything. Man. I didn't place
0: anything that. either. We
1: are the pacifists mm, here. We are. We're
2: I'm the nobody.
3: No- <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: getting nuked by her on, Z- on district four.
1: Wow. Yep, yep. See,
0: see how this goes.
1: <laughs> Which an interceptor can just nah, knock
0: well, it out. Well, it only knocks down the nuke, not the uh, missile that it's attached to. So you still get hit. Right. And so you have to throw two interceptors at it or have a lucky missile shot coming from that spot. Because you can only put one cube on each of your spots. So if you neglected to put anything in that very specific spot where the nuke is going, you have to throw two interceptors at it, which is the same price as the nuke. And I see, Evan, where you're coming from where, you know, you didn't feel like you were earning a lot of points. But cities that don't get destroyed are also worth points. So maybe just yeah. picking your shots until late in the or mid game or late game and keeping your head down in the beginning might be a really solid strategy.
1: In the meantime everyone else is having all the fun around <laughs> you. So it's right. tough to just kind of sit there and let it yeah, go. You consider right. your city burn into the ground fun. <laughs> I well, did. It, it is when it reveals a power like, oh. Mm-hmm. Have have one other player remove their um their missile shield screen so you can see everything that they're programming. True, that was pretty. <laughs> Which cool. is one of the cards I got to turn over, and that's that's tough. That that can wreak havoc on your opponent. Full Thanks, transparency, Dad. Ed, take oh. your shield away.
0: Oh, you have to play without a shield this turn. <laughs> 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 oh snap! <laughs> wow, well,
3: that's yeah, the best snap. thing I gonna possibly oh. got. Yeah, and to think, only a million people had to die
0: for that power.
2: (laughs) Ed's thinking about it as real people, so it makes it
0: really, uh, you know, a tough decision for him. The cities, sometimes when they flip over, it changes the GDP for each one. You usually get two per city, but sometimes it'll flip over and be three or four. Sometimes it'll flip over and be zero. Zero. (laughs) Yeah, it's rough.
2: Okay, Explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Atari's Missile Command. Mike?
0: There were some really interesting choices to be made and a strong psychological angle to this game. And flipping stuff over was so fun. Throw in <laughs> the nostalgia and this game's a winner in my book. Dig it up.
3: Ed? I did enjoy the nostalgia of seeing that Missile Command logo all over again. And, you know, the Mexican stand off and holding off and saying, hey, you going to nuke me or I'm going to nuke you. And, you know, it was cool. I, I wasn't necessarily excited about playing this game again, but now talking about it with you guys, I think just flip me over. I will dig it up for another run yeah. <laughs> in the shelter.
1: Nice. See? Evan? Missile Command is a game of every person for themselves. <laughs> the negotiations in the city destruction reveals were the most fun parts of the game. It does swing pretty significantly on some of those special powers that become available, but overall it's a solid enough game to come back to again. Dig it up.
2: It is not just a regurgitation of the video game. That's what I appreciated most. There was some genuine thought that went into how to take the spirit of the video game and make it interesting for the table. I had fun and liked the pacing. I'm digging it up. Woo-hoo.
3: If you have thoughts about Missile Command, come shadow at us onto Twitter while you're in the bunker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's adorable.
2: <laughs> Our last game up this week is Donkey Racing, published by Parasphere and Trilon in 2010. That is a cool <laughs> name.
0: It is, Trilon. Actually. <laughs> actually. It sounds like an alien race.
2: <laughs> Number of players two to four, ages six to fifteen. What? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I couldn't find any information on the box, but Amazon apparently had some information.
2: All right, okay, and Mikey, tell us what's in the box.
0: The cover of the box shows the kid from Dutch Boy Paint in a slow motion race <laughs> against the kid from Petite Écolier Cookie logo, <laughs> and the words <laughs> "Donkey Race" smack dab in the middle of the box. Inside, you'll see a board, a spinner, and four donkey standees with their riders. And that's what's in the box.
2: Well, before we bray about this game, Evan, flag us some rules.
1: (laughs) Here are my custom written rules. I hope you enjoy them. According to the instructions printed on the inside cover of the box top, (laughs) donkey racing is full of fun and excitement. That's what it says. Start that excitement by spinning to try and get in the game. Seriously, you have to spin an eight-position spinner and rest the needle on one of the two donkey boy spaces. (laughs) That's your start. That's just to play the game. That's just to get in the game. That's boy. Fun and excitement. Then (laughs) spin on your turn to advance your donkey along the trail, starting at square number one and being the first to cross the finish line at space number 100. Along the path, there are obstacles, such as landing on a space to miss two turns, or falling off the cliff into oblivion, ending your fun and excitement. (laughs) Plenty of opportunities for missing turns, going backwards, and slowing to a crawl at half speed. (laughs) Be the first one to cross the finish line with the exact number required to land there to win the donkey race. Fun and exciting.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Let's start from the top here. This game, I put it on Instagram and asked, what year is this game from? And I put it in as a quiz, 1910, 1930, and 2010. And nobody guessed correctly, right? Everybody <laughs> or assumed or nope. <laughs> it was a vintage game.
1: Yeah, yeah, it has
3: all the trappings
1: of the vintage mm-hmm. game. That box cover really sells it that way.
3: Uh, I mean, it clearly said the retro range of toys and games, right? On the back of the box. Mm-hmm.
0: It says must retro. be
2: retro,
3: right?
0: I mean, that's a giveaway, yeah.
2: All right, so I'm looking at the box cover now, knowing that it's fake. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. that I know it's fake, I'm trying to look for signs of what makes it You know, how you can tell it's not from that era.
1: Buster Brown is texting on an iPhone?
0: (laughs) Um. I mean, Ed said it. It says retro range games. I mean, they couldn't have said it, it was retro in 1910.
2: No, but you know, now that I'm looking at it, the art is definitely not up to snuff. The donkeys in the lower half of the box look like, from under the title, look like they are clip art from that era yeah. mm-hmm. but the ones on top clearly look like a two-dimensional cartoon drawings, yeah. sort of blended in and then the drawings of the kids are really bogus oh really like they're really very bogus. flat with flat colors and they have
1: all the trappings of, of the design like they're all wearing those hats you know that people used to wear you know at going out summering you know yep. and, the, and one kid's wearing an ascot or something so yeah. you know they try one kid has a rust
0: one kid has a rough rough. the girl is riding side saddle if you see that oh she is yeah look at that
2: (laughs) so where did you get this game evan
1: well i found it at the local thrift shop (laughs) (laughs) well it was three bucks and look i mean you know it could have been from 2010 or 1910 it it wouldn't have mattered to me at that point i'm picking that game up (laughs) and we are going to play this game to to experience it to see if they designers achieved what they were going for which is Can we make a game in 2010 that plays like it was designed in 1910? And I do think they
3: achieved it. (laughs) Playing the game, I felt like it was dated. Yeah.
2: Speaking of play, I didn't get to play, but I did hear you guys playing. (laughs) Well, I was setting up another game. Guys, there was a a spinner. Uh,
0: The dumbest spinner ever. So it's an eight space spinner that actually worked. I'll give them that. Two of the eight spaces, so 25% of the spaces... Literally, the only thing they were there for is to get you on the board. So every single turn, you spin it, and you're trying to get Donkey Boy. (laughs) (laughs) And once you get Donkey Boy, then you can enter the race. And every time after that, anytime you hit Donkey Boy, you spin again.
1: Right. It's not even like an automatic move or something. It just prolongs the number of spins it takes (laughs) is required to finish this game. By twenty five percent,
0: which was really unnecessary, since they had this middle part of the board where you're you're slowed down to only uh, even numbers. I think if you spin an odd number, you don't get to move. So you're mm-hmm. you're crawling across this middle part of the board while everybody catches up to you. It was supposed
1: to be representative of an uphill climb for you on the donkey, kind of moving at half
3: speed, right. carefully mm-hmm. up the mm-hmm. treacherous Going terrain. uphill, so you want to make you feel the torture
2: of it. Oh, yep. it felt torturous, <laughs> though, <right>. uh. <laughs> Now, what about the pictures that were on the board itself, right? This is just like a simple set of lines on this board, numbering.
3: Hmm.
2: number. Each line is numbered, going all the way up to the top, but there's yeah. pictures. Mm-hmm. Well, what were y- they like?
3: Uh, they're the same pictures from the cover. Yeah, they just repurposed <laughs> yeah, them. pretty yeah, much the back of the back.
1: <laughs>
2: But some of the special spaces
1: that you land on had some specific art to them. Oh yeah. Uh, like spaces nine through eleven, the rider has a fall, and there's a picture of someone you know getting bucked by the uh, off their
0: donkey. And the clip art carrot.
1: Yeah, clip art carrot. Uh, in case you have to go backwards, you go back to the carrot, so that denotes that spot. Oh, and here's one. Uh, The donkey turns stupid and will not go forward, so it basically just (laughs) stops, and
0: and you you, you see a person dragging the donkey by the reins, trying to get it to move forward. But, you know, you don't really know what those spaces do by looking at them, because there's no actual instructions. You have to actually, when you land on one of those weirdo spaces, you have to look back into the box to see what those spaces mean. And some of them move you backwards. Oh, plenty of them moving yeah, backwards. a lot of them do. And there's even a, a spot that breaks your donkey's leg. But don't worry, because <laughs> oh <my laughs> yeah. if your donkey's leg gets broken, you're safe from the elimination spot 10 spots away from it. If you don't break your donkey's leg, you can get eliminated from the game 12 spaces That's before right. the end.
1: <laughs> That's right. Spaces 91 to... I'll read it from the box. Spaces 91 to 92. This is of 100 spaces,
2: right? Oh, my gosh. Two spaces.
1: Yep. So you're, you're, you can smell the finish line. Should a donkey come onto one of these spaces, (laughs) it must be removed from the board, and the player is out of the game.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yep, that's it. (laughs) That's it. You fall off the cliff, Uh, basically. Rider's (laughs) throne You're done. You're off.
0: Yep, that's what happened to me. So
1: you played ninety percent of the game, and you achieved nothing.
0: (laughs) Not even second. (laughs) I called it before when I skipped over the broken leg spot. I was like, "Here it goes, guys. I'm getting eliminated. (laughs) Two spins from now." And sure enough, boom! Right on the money, as predicted.
1: Was it fun and excite and exciting? Like the box. Mm -hmm
0: promised no <laughs>
2: okay guys can i just read you the ad copy from the back of the box uh-huh. and just point out let's say i'm only gonna go i'm just gonna be conservative here two grammatical errors in this sentence okay just point out, the seaside would not be the seaside without donkeys on the beach <laughs>
1: That's a great sentence.
2: This wonderful game from the height of the Victoria era. <laughs> the Victoria <laughs> That's era. That's when Victoria's <laughs> Secrets came out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is full of superb graphics. <laughs> and, of course, is great fun to play as well. Wow. Oh my
1: gosh, sure who wrote that?
2: It will provide hours of fun as you learn the antics of the donkeys. Oh, No. But darned if they didn't get the font right. This mm. font is like the early courier typeset font. Yes. With like yeah. the, the bubble at mm. the bottom of the Y yeah. and everything. And the
1: letters don't quite mm-hmm. line up perfectly.
2: They totally nailed it.
1: Hey, look, the Victoria era was <laughs>
2: <Yes>. totally that <laughs> yeah. way. They knew right. their stuff. But still, Paris Fear and Trilon is an awesome name for a company. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it
1: is. Mike, for those tuning into Which Game First, perhaps for the first time, can we get your opinion on the uh, mechanic of landing exactly on the final space of a game in order to uh,
0: win? Go ahead. There's so many flaws in this game, I actually forgot to mention that one. Well, Partially because I didn't even get that far because I fell off the cliff long before I had to spin the exact number I had to get to end it.
3: So you would call it a merciful ending.
0: Maybe it was merciful, but I, I would have appreciated it, like, maybe 30 spaces earlier.
1: The only <laughs> worst mechanic to an ending, Mike, right, is that every player must finish, oh, right? God.
3: <laughs> Why? You know, I was hoping that I would actually be able to skip out and play in the game at all, because we went through, like, I don't know, eight Maybe ten rounds of me not getting into the game. Yeah. yeah oh my. Yeah, that's gosh. right. But <laughs> it was maybe the game, and before I could get in, yes.
1: Come on, Ed. Keep your streak oh. alive.
3: It's no. Donkey Boy. It's no. on the board
1: Ed's again. Uh, uh, <laughs> now yeah, you but, but the shadow shows up. No, floor. you're good. <laughs> you're good. Maybe Donkey <laughs> Boy <laughs> is fighting crime. Yes, yeah, yeah. right. With it's like he's a sidekick of uh-huh. Mule Man. Yeah. Yes. Mule Man and Donkey Boy. All right, Joe. You're up.
0: <laughs> well, and you wound up winning. Well, yeah, uh-huh. you, know, you did win. He <laughs> did win. That—that's that's, that's a testament to the excellent catch-up mechanic they had in this game. <laughs> yes, in which you eliminate the people in the lead
1: by breaking their legs <laughs> and falling off the cliff. You guys were going up the hill
2: so slowly. You win by attrition. <laughs> oh man,
0: so bad. <laughs>
2: Okay, okay, explorers. <laughs> it's time to dig up yeah. her berry donkey racing from two thousand and ten Evan.
1: Donkey Racing achieves its goal 100%. Make a game that feels like it was designed 100 years ago. Mission accomplished. (laughs) It's devoid of strategy and decision making. But somehow I had a strangely fun time playing and making fun of this game with my trusted gaming explorers. I'm very glad I played this game with
3: them. Bury it. (laughs) Ed? The game does nail that retro vibe. But the gameplay is so uninspiring (laughs) and i have no interest in playing this again bury it
2: shocking mike you must have something else to report here
0: i can't believe this game was made after 1920 (laughs) (laughs) there's negative movement slow crawling movement the need for a reference chart useless spaces on the spinner having to hit the exact spot at the end of the game and player elimination it checks all the boxes
3: of the things that I hate. Barry, <laughs> Come and chat with us on social media and tell about all the hee-haw.
2: <laughs> Is that it? Is it going to end it there? And that brings us to the end of our show. Wow. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you're doing. Please come and chat with us come on over to discord we're there all the time we'd love to hear from you we'd love to see you join our discord server it's awesome there and if you get a chance please leave us a like a rating or a review on instagram on facebook on youtube wherever it really helps if you can't do anything else for us that review would be awesome thank you and if you would like more perks from us, including an exclusive podcast for patrons only from us every single week called... Bonus Points. Bonus Points. For just $3 a month, you can go to our website and click on Become a Supporter today. Happy gaming, explorers.
1: Straight from the Victoria era. hee <laughs>